This is the Pickle Planet Podcast with Jenna and Tosh. Sit back and get a drink. Let's talk about parenting and how to survive it. Welcome to the Pickle Planet Podcast with Tosh and Jenna. Yes, we are back with a fantastic episode. I'm so excited about this one because I think there's a lot of people that wrestle with this question about sending their child off to school and what age is appropriate, whether or not that's what the guidelines say. (laughs) Right, exactly. And it actually has a name that I didn't know until you told me. Yes. Red shirting is the name of it. Do you know why it's called that? I know that it came to prominence. uh, It was Malcolm Gladwell used it in one of his books, The Outliers, and that's kind of when it came into kind of the cultural conversation about red shirting your child. So that's holding back a child who could go to kindergarten because they meet the age requirement. But they're at that far end of it. So, you know, maybe a September to December baby. And you're like, yeah, yeah I know you say they can go, but I think they're going to do better if I wait and put them so that they're the oldest in the class, not the youngest. Okay. So, red shirting. Uh, red shirting. Beyond that, I'm not sure. Do you know? Yes. It's, where it, um, from? it comes it from athletes. It comes from athletes. back a year. Okay. So that they could play better on the field or something. So this is why we bring a researcher into the conversation. I exactly. I don't research these things anymore. So we will introduce, that was Shannon. And uh, Shannon is here because, like me, she has a child that's going to be red-shirted this year. Well, next year. Possibly. 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 You're on the fence, I as am I. Yeah. Um, I haven't decided. She's done all the research, and I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I'm just going to go with whatever Aaron feels like. Uh, and we brought Ryan Thorne in, and Ryan is actually a kindergarten teacher. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he's going to uh, maybe help us out with things we can be looking for to see if our kids are ready for school. And maybe that's a good place to start. What do you think, like as a kindergarten teacher, do you think the majority of four-year-olds are too young? Um, it's different. It really depends on the student. Like I've seen December babies that take off and shine and are ahead of the pack. And a lot of it has to do with what they've been exposed to coming into kindergarten. And I think... You know your kids best. Like parents know their kids best. And if you don't feel that they're ready, they're probably not ready. But our school district takes a lot of care and caution with who they put teaching kindergarten. And these people are ready to meet your child where they are. Right. Everybody doesn't have to be on the same level when they walk in those doors. That's right. I was wondering if you've noticed a shift I know the curriculum has been moving more towards a play-based curriculum for kindergarten, especially. Do you see that helping those kids that are at different levels getting getting along better when they come into the classroom? I think so. Uh, last year was the first year that my class really embraced that. But the expectations hadn't changed. They want to do more of a play-based system. They want to talk about play-based and everybody playing to learn. But the expectations are still the same when it was very academic based so yes we're playing more but we still have to be reading by the end of kindergarten so even with an extra push on play last year I had my most successful kindergarten class last year so I think it does make a big difference wow how how do you classify a kindergarten class as successful like everybody's reading by the time yeah the vast majority of them were reading and they were where they should be with their math skills and Can I tell you, just I have one child who just finished kindergarten 
And man, was I amazed at what she could do by the end of kindergarten. Like, it's unreal how much work you teachers put into our children. (laughs) It's unbelievable because I certainly couldn't do it. I attempted to teach her some of these things prior to going to school. And I'm like ripping my hair out. (laughs) I'm I'm doing that right now. I'm doing like a mini preschool because my son, he just turned five on Friday. And so I'm doing something in our basement. Like, I have it rigged up like a little school. Because I thought about putting him in preschool, but logistics just didn't let it happen. And I'm doing it, and I'm like, oh. Take a lot of deep breaths. And he draws, like, you know, his letter's insane. And it's completely different. And he just turns to me, and he says, I won't do this when I'm in school. <laughs> and then I know I'm not meant to be a teacher. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. So what things, Shannon, have you found... And through all your research okay. that gives you the yay or the nay? Well, it's funny because I didn't even know this was really a thing until I saw that the cutoff date was September 1st. And I'm a September baby. And I remember struggling in school. But that was more just me and the way the system was designed. And, but I also remember like when I started university, I was 17. And it was really hard. Were you two doing that? Were you 17? No, you no, were 18. I was, I was slightly older. We went to university together. Yeah, we went to university together. And it's funny, I was saying that on the way over because... <clears throat> One of the things that used to like flippantly be the, you know, the benefit of holding a child back would be, oh, by the time you go to university, you'll be nineteen. Because <laughs> we both went to university yes, with a bunch of grade thirteen yes. graduates, so we were like terrible, babies. terrible. Yeah, it was. It was it, but it was. It was not a nice feeling to feel that much younger than mm-hmm. the people we were sitting next to mm-hmm. as teenagers, even. Mm-hmm. So I there was I a wondered, real divide. There, there was a huge divide. Yeah. And I wonder whether kids feel that in kindergarten in the classroom the way we did when we started university. It's funny because that's the first thing that went through my head was I started university at 17 and that was a really, I not say university was terrible, but that first year was really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of factors. I mean, there were. There were <laughs> we went to a very different, different university. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was but, unique. But same thing, you, you went to high school with my husband, and same thing, he's a December baby, December 28th, mm-hmm. Oof. right? So he, he, like, he made the cutoff by a couple days to be in his class, and when he went to university, it was like, mm. oh, no, this was not someone who was emotionally ready to be out on his own. See, I wasn't I thinking that far ahead. Yeah. You guys well, were, like, killing me now. It's funny. <laughs> but I think it's, it's the same principles, though, right? Like, it's just at a different scale, and it's... You know, little kids, are they ready to be an independent enough to be able to handle going to school? Mm-hmm. Well, and my that's where my problem lies right now is that I don't feel like Erin is in. I think school-wise, I think she'll get it, like, really mm-hmm. fast. Because she's been watching Sarah, and um, she wants to be... She, she fake French talks all around the house now. It's quite humorous. Because <laughs> she can barely speak English. But... Um, my, my problem is that I'm not sure she's independent enough to go. And I think that probably that will change pretty quick as she gets into the school year. But I'm also kind of wondering if I'm not independent enough for her to go, which must roll into a lot of parents bringing their kids to kindergarten. I'll be the one that the teacher would like, give me the boot on the way out the door. Not with Sarah. Sarah was like, see you later. Have fun. But Erin, I feel like maybe it's because she's my baby. Mm-hmm. That I'm not ready. You did that. Your babies just started school this year. So, how were you on the first day of school? <laughs> I was pretty happy. <laughs> but it's funny because we had this kind of conversation in our house where, you know, so our boy, we have twin boys, and they started school this year. Uh, their birthdays are in February. So, they're at, mm-hmm. you know, the front end of the age group. And 
they were supposed to be born in April. We're lucky that it they're still all in that same year, so it wouldn't have made a big difference. But I like a friend of mine, her premature babies were born, you know, in December when they should have been born mm-hmm. in February, and that's like, oh, that would have been a hard one for me to try to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Whereas we were kind of glad. It was like, oh, I don't have to make this decision. They're they're going. This is the year they go mm-hmm. regardless. And I think for us, we had sent the boys to preschool. And so I was much more used to, mm-hmm. and well, from day one, having to leave them at the hospital, we were just that much more used yeah. to being able to like, nope, we got to walk away. We got to let, you know, put our trust in someone else that they're going to look out for our kids' best interest. And having already had a daughter in that school and knowing what a great school it was, we didn't have any problems this year sending the boys off. But it also helped too knowing who their teacher was going yeah. to be and knowing that it was a very, very play-based Mm-hmm. classroom that they were going into they have a teacher who's been you know pushing that kind of curriculum for a long time before it was even part of the school system and so I felt very comfortable that they would be able to handle themselves in that situation and again there's two of them going together so there's that's this, right there's, they have built-in buddies kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah so what are some things if you're on the fence uh, and you're allowed to be on the fence what are some things to look for to know that your child's ready for kindergarten if they know the letters in their name, that's a big part because that's where we start. Hmm. Um, okay. Just And if they don't, work on that. Just focus on those four to 15 letters in their first name. <laughs> Listen, if you're just having children, give them simple names. I, know. I, made, I made that mistake. I know. I know. We did that too. Poor Alistair. I know. Every now and then, can I just write Al? <laughs> yes. yes. As long as I know that you know all the letters. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we start with that and... Just like counting objects, like not just saying the numbers, but physically mm-hmm. counting objects. And that's an easy thing that you can do when you're driving, when you're setting the table. How many plates will we need? How many forks mm-hmm. will we need? And stuff like that. Just build it into regular conversation. Don't make it like a pop quiz or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, identifying letters and numbers? Is that like they're going to be taught that in school anyway, but they should maybe have a slight grasp on it? Well, anything's going to give them a boost. But do you have a lot of kids that go to school without being able to identify letters and numbers? Can you see where Aaron's problem lies? (laughs) (laughs) I can't get her to figure out letters and numbers. (laughs) Um, Yes, lots of them come who don't. Okay, that makes me feel a lot better. (laughs) Even though, I mean, I feel like I'm stressing on this, but we have a year until she's starting school, Mm -hmm. and a lot can happen for a Uh, three-year-old in a year. Yeah, Yeah. big time. Like, when you think about when you have to register, it's so much Mm -hmm. earlier than when you actually send your child. It can be like night and day. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I really hope Patrick learns to put a sweater on. (laughs) (laughs) And you just have to give him the time to do it, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot different when someone else asks your child to do something. Because I find that in my own kids... We we get a lot of notes home from teachers like, oh, you've got the kids are doing great, what wonderful kids, and then we're like, are they the same kids that live? <laughs> <by ourselves?" laughs> ah, how do you know these children? Yeah. <laughs> what do you have on them? <laughs> but yeah, and it's it's giving them opportunities for independence because I know we'll be rushing out the door. I'm like, get your shoe on. Yeah, and, I am your sweater on. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I found that one really hard that like, okay, I need to build enough time into what we're doing or, or take those moments when we're not rushing to meet a deadline of like, mm-hmm. we have to be at swim class at this time or whatever. Just be like, doesn't matter if it takes you half an hour, you need to put your own jacket on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Let it go. 
Yeah. yeah, that one was hard. Yeah, because a lot of the times, yeah, when you're getting ready, you're trying to be mm. somewhere on time, and then you get—I know, especially for me—I get worked up, and I'm like, oh, just let me do it. Like, yeah. we gotta go. So you got some redhead in you. That's yeah. the, that's yeah. the fiery yeah, ginger right here. My kid, I, I yell too often. I'm like, just hurry up! Just hurry. You're gonna miss the Does bus. Have to be a red hair thing. No, no, okay. no, no definitely not. Definitely no, I not. I think it's be. probably just a parent thing yeah. these days. Um, so the total flip side of it then, my other concern is that if I keep Erin a home for another year, mm-hmm. is she going to be kind of over it? Like when she starts at five, do you know what I mean? Like, do you have kids come to school that, that maybe it's too, it's, I mean, it's never too late. That's mm. the wrong choice of words. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. Just forget it. She's we missed totally the window. Yeah. <laughs> school for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. I would have to hire Ryan to come and do her then. <laughs> Can't homeschool. Uh, but yeah, do you find like maybe they'd be too advanced to start school? Like, because she's December 16th. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, kind of almost too late, but not too late, I guess, for the, is it December 31st? December yeah. 31st. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm just worried, yeah, that, that she's going to be too ready for school if I wait until she's five and that she'll be maybe bored at home with me for that extra year. When you could have sent me to school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or at school when she gets there, because in that yeah. time she does or, pick up all those things you're worried yeah. about. Well, in some of the research, have I mentioned I'm a researcher? <laughs> <laughs> um, which is really a curse when it comes to stuff like this, because I read like 17 different articles, and some of the people say that when kids are held back, they've done studies, quote studies, that when they're held back and then they're adolescents, they have a really hard time because they are bored mm-hmm. and in different socioeconomic classes so like if you're from a lower income those kids they said have tended to drop out of okay. school because they're bored yeah and I don't want her to be the one that's like hey but you're I mean, 19 we should be friends because you're yeah. 19 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I mean but at the same time I guess it depends on the kid right like these studies you can only trust so much because like I said I've read all these articles and that's why I'm confused because some of them say yes hold them back it, there's one that this woman did her dissertation, her PhD dissertation on it. And she said, yes, you should hold your children back. No ifs, ands, or buts. And then these other people are like, no, everything's fine. It all evens out by grade three, even if they're like, you know, and you just have to maybe work with them a little bit more or something. So that's why I'm like, I understand why people are confused because mm-hmm. I did all that research. I mean, what if I had just stumbled on that one article with the woman with the PhD dissertation? I would have been like, well, I guess I have to hold them back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That woman yeah. said I had to. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, and then you have to think, like they said, like you think about what they're like when they're four, but then you have to think about what are they going to be like when they're teenagers and what are they going to be like when they're yeah, in university, older. which is <laughs> not, yeah, I, I didn't even consider her being that age. But as, <laughs> as they grow up, like especially with the December 16th, usually like especially in kindergarten, you have all the four-year-olds having their birthdays all fall. Mm-hmm. And then in, in January, everybody starts turning six. So there's just that switch over. So it would just be she was the first one to turn six. But, and yeah. then it becomes, it becomes a normal part. I think it becomes a normal part of growing up and going through school. It's like, well, Aaron's yeah. always been here. She's part of our class. Right. She's part of the class culture. And Yeah. There's uh, a little guy in, in Sarah's class, and I call him a little guy. See? Mm-hmm. See? Uh, he is kind of small, but anyway. <laughs> but she said the same thing, and because Sarah uh, last year was the shortest kid in her class. Yeah. And this year... That's going to be my son. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this year, this little guy's in the class, and she said, finally, someone's shorter than me, but that's because he's so young. 
Mm. And I was like, well, what do you mean he's so young? And she said, well, he's, he's only five. And he hasn't turned six yet. So I was like, oh, okay, well, does it become that? Well, she's only five kind of thing. <laughs> I'm just never going to make a decision. I enrolled her. Yeah. She's enrolled. So it's just a matter now of, A, yeah, going to get that mind. needle she has to get <laughs> to, to uh, make sure that she's completely enrolled. But I am allowed to change my mind, correct? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. If your kid is five, can you change your mind? Like, if they're of the right age, are you allowed to say no? Unless you're going to homeschool. According to provincial policy, it's September 1st to December 31st. Mm -hmm. So that first year, you can keep them home. But that next year, you have to send them. Okay. And if it's August 30th, I'm sorry. They're going to school. They're going to school. Yeah. It's when you have have to put the line somewhere. There's always going to be someone who's, you know, one day Mm -hmm. either side of it. Well, and the thing, too, that I was learning, too, is it, it's different in every province and in the mm-hmm. States. It's completely different. Like, they said something like... You really do research. I know. Wow. I know. <laughs> Crazy. But they said something like there was a large percentage of boys that are held back because boys are a little bit... No offense. <laughs> they're a little bit slower, apparently, from what I've read and from what I, I know, um, that they're a little bit behind in, like, fine motor skills and stuff like that. But um, there were a lot more boys that are held back in the States... Because I guess the cutoff is like in the summer. So if you were a boy born in the summer, you have a higher chance of being redshirted in the States. Hmm. And it happens a lot more in the States, too, than it does appear to happen in Canada. I don't know. And I I don't know if it's because of their school system. It's more academic, maybe kindergarten. I have no idea. But a lot of the research, that's what you have to keep Hmm. in mind when you're reading it. That's one thing I think of, like everybody back home, they start junior kindergarten at three. Yeah, I know that's so. Bad. I couldn't even fathom <laughs> like two. That. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. I was sending her off to school like for a right, full day. For a full day, yeah. yeah. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to the yeah. Time, I know, so. but yeah. it's like daycare. Like when you're sending your children to daycare. Like I, I know ours is very structured, and mm. they're doing age appropriate activities, and they put in a longer day at daycare than I put in at work. True. So they also get to nap. Mm. <laughs> Who's yeah. to say I don't? Affected yeah. napping with your eyes open. Yeah, uh, but that's yes. why he had the most successful class last year. He <laughs> still had nap, nap time. time. Yeah. But it's true, though, and I think that was that was part of the reason it was it felt easier for me to send the boys off because that structure that I was struggling trying to get them to do at home that you know listen to me, put your shoes on, put mm. your own jacket on. Well, yeah, they learned that at preschool because right. they weren't doing it for me at home no <laughs> they were not but when you put them in that group of like oh everyone's got to do it and mm-hmm. we're going to listen to the teacher and so I think it was really valuable for me to have someone else help teach them those skills do you have Erin in preschool <laughs> uh she goes to a friend's okay. house who does do some preschool stuff with them so that and that's my other problem we had her in, in a daycare center and it didn't work for her she um, she just cried the whole time. So now, which is, I think, where my fear comes yes. in of leaving her in school. And she's already, like, she goes the first day of school for drop-off with Sarah. And she's like, I don't want to be here. There's too many kids. I can tell you what I did. I had that my oldest. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. two years. And and how do you do that? Do you, Is there kids that cry all day in kindergarten? Or is it basically, yes. like, yeah. <laughs> or, like, you know, mom I, walks at the door and they stop. I haven't had any all-day criers. Yeah. Yeah. I have ones that ask about the time a lot. <laughs> they ask Can about you even tell time. No, but they just want to know like what part of the day. Are okay, we yeah. Like, we yeah. have a visual schedule in the classroom. They're like, 
so how much longer till lunch? So how much longer till we pack up and go home? Mm-hmm. Like they're very concerned. But then like as things get rolling on and they get into their routines and their fun, it kind of fades yeah. fades away. My daughter was on and off. But yeah, it was crying at the door, clinging to me, had like a death grip to separate us. And it was I'm taking it as a form of flattery now. Yes. Yes, 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 yes definitely. She just so loved me so much she, that she, yeah. and even now as she's in grade one, I just look at it as a yay, we didn't cry that bad today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that bad. <laughs> that could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's very true. Right. I'm wondering from your standpoint as a teacher when the school year starts, how long do you think it takes most kids to kind of fall into that pattern of figuring out, okay, yeah, I'm ready, I'm okay to be here? Like, does it take does it take some kids quite a while to, to find that right balance? I, I'm wondering about, like, parents who are listening now going, oh, my kid just started this year and it's been so bad. Or The first month, um, I'm just thinking of a student I had this year. He had a bit of anxiety and... Just as he gained more independence, like he stopped getting dropped off, he started to go on the bus, mm-hmm. his sister stopped walking in with him. It was just kind of baby steps, and slowly he was able to come in, and now he doesn't ask about the time all day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and it's going to be, again, different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So some kids walk through the door and they're like, see you, mom, mm-hmm. see you, dad, and mm-hmm. they're off to the races. Even if they've never been in a classroom setting before, have you ever had that? Um, like a, a preschool classroom setting. Yeah. Something I do notice about kids, especially only children, that haven't had a lot of exposure with other kids, is during play times and free mm-hmm. times, they'll stand and talk to the adults. Right. 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 Because yeah. that's what they're used to. Right. And I feel like sometimes they're missing out a little bit because they're not engaging with their peers. Back, I'm trying to remember your... The first if, part of your if, they, if they've never been in a traditional classroom, right? Like if they have a harder time adapting because they are younger, or if it's just a general kids, they're pretty resilient. Um, it seems like if they're ready, they're ready. Yeah, that's that's what all the research was saying too. Like every kid is different, and somebody did some study to see how many people ended up with PhDs because I guess that's technically the marker. <laughs> wow, of so academic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, right? it's funny. I know a lot. With PhDs, so yeah, my husband. Do you have well, one? No, <laughs> no. Just I stopped at a Appreciate master's. I was not as kooky to do that. But I have a lot of friends who have them, and so my husband and I were talking. We're like, "Well, when's their birthday?" And they have a PhD. So we were going through, and I have friends who are late November babies who have PhDs, mm-hmm. and then I have my good friend Heather was redshirted, and she has her PhD. So I always said, "Oh, obviously it's good to redshirt because she has her PhD." But then I started thinking about it. And I'm like, no. And they've actually said in studies that there makes no difference whatsoever academically. But I mean, I mean, there's so many flaws with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, so, fu- it's yeah. so funny that you bring that up. So I'm going to share a story from when I was a kid. All through elementary and into junior high and right up to high school, my mom would kind of keep track of these kind of things, kind of like oh, that, that like research. make those lists of like mm-hmm. kids that do whatever. Because <laughs> so when I started school in primary, I would have been towards the end of the grouping, right? I was, I was a May baby. And at that time in Nova Scotia, it wasn't based on the calendar year. It was based on the school year oh. of when you started. So I started school when I was five and I had just turned five in May. And all the kids I ended up hanging around with, they turned six in October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in November, all my friends were suddenly 
older than me, but we were in the same class because that's how they used to do, do it then. In our grade primary class, our teacher split us up because this was long before play-based learning was the thing mm-hmm. and everyone was sitting in their rows and the children that she thought were going to be the more academic achievers were in this row in front of her desk all the way over to the kids that needed more help. Wowza. Grouping. Yeah. And I, start, I started the year over with the kids that were going to need more help because I was really shy. I hadn't done a whole lot of, I was the oldest kid. I mostly stayed at home. I did not talk a lot in class and I was put over with Really? I find that shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I did for a living. Yeah. But throughout the year, I ended up over sitting in front of her desk <laughs> with all these older kids. And sure enough, come grade two, which was kind of that point back then where, you know, you, you kind of got moved ahead till grade two. And if you weren't hitting, you know, the reading levels and the math levels by grade two, that's when they held you back right. for the year. And because that's when the curriculum really started to, to shift. And most of those kids that sat on that far side of the room were August babies and they got held back. Wow. And <laughs> the same group when we did we ended up in a split class twice. I, so the same grouping of us that were doing better academically were the ones that were taken out and put in the splits. Mm-hmm. When we d- went to junior high and we had the awards banquet where they gave out awards for everyone who had 85 average or whatever the number mm-hmm. was at the time. My mom sat there with a piece of paper. <laughs> And listed all the names of everyone who got it. And she was like, look, basically everyone who was in your split got in junior high. And when we did graduation from from high school, almost every kid that was in those split classes from grade one was in with the honors group. I think it had a lot more to do with the fact that we got more one-on-one kind of small group teaching Mm -hmm. than our ages and and that type of thing. Mm Because we were a mix of ages. I wasn't the only one. There was... I can think like I can still name you who was in the group, <laughs> but I'm like I was a May baby. There was an April baby, but there was a lot of those fall babies who would you know in this day and age we would have been in two different years in mm-hmm. school. But I think it had more to do with the fact that we ended up with those small learning environments where it was like, right. oh, here are these six kids, these ten kids that we're going to give you know one teacher to for half the day because you're in this split environment that's what i love about um our school is it's i call it a private school because the classes are like 12 13 my husband taught at private school mm-hmm. people paid thirty thousand dollars to be in a class <laughs> of 12 to 13 yeah. mm-hmm. and he was the teacher so it's it's he got his education here he's no different than any of the other teachers and i often think that it's like that maybe that will be the advantage to if you're younger or if you're older you know you do get more one-on-one Instruction. It's not like in the olden days when we had like 33 yeah. kids in our class and you fall between the cracks. <laughs> but so. that, that's the reality of elementary school. Like mm-hmm. Frank L., it's great because of the size and scope. But when you look at something like Northrop Fry yeah. or Evergreen, where it's that's 21 it. kids yep. every class every mm-hmm. year. Is that the cutoff? Mm-hmm. There's 21 kids in yes. the yes. first teacher? Yes, K to 2, 21, yep. and then grade 3 to 5. They can have twenty eight or twenty nine, depending. Yeah, that that's, that's where it gets scary. Yeah, yeah, because some of the classes at our school for the older grades, there's one class that is like that big this year. They're like, like twenty. My husband teaches high school. Like, he has some. He has like he's way over the cap right now, but it's high school. Like it's a little bit different. It's during I find these elementary years where you need more one on one and you need that kind of mm-hmm. connection and the attachment to the teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was so excited when Clara was heading off to elementary that her class, that there were enough kids going in 
that it like put them over that number yes. that they had to split up into another classroom and suddenly it was like, oh my God, these are the best class sizes yes. ever. I know, that's why I call it a private school. For our school yeah. too, this year, it was really nice. There's class was yeah. small enough as it was, but the, to have that third class brought in, okay. Yeah. 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 We'll take yeah. that. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Everybody have their questions answered? Right. Anything else you want to say, Ryan? <laughs> you guys made your decisions. Uh, yeah. Register for kindergarten this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do that. Yeah. Don't forget. And, yeah. and I have to say, I absolutely love the way New Brunswick does this. I think it's fantastic that I know it's really hard for parents to wrap their heads around in October mm-hmm. to register their kids for next year. And you're like, but they're still a baby. But then all of those little things that happen from now until the end of the year to try to get those kids right. introduced to the environment, to do the eye to testing, which I actually think is really good. I know a lot of people have issues around that. And that's probably a whole other podcast we can do too. <laughs> yeah. But, and that's one where we had uh, much more varied experiences in our yeah. household. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that all those little steps that the province and the administrators are trying to take to help kids and help parents be like, oh, okay, your kid is having trouble with their fine motor skills now. You know what? Just buy Work some scissors. It. Yes. Yeah. You that know, was cut up thing. some papers at home. She's supposed like, to use scissors? What? <laughs> all the time. Yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> But like those little things that, you know, if no one actually takes the time to say to you, why don't you let your kid try to cut up some paper at home? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, oh, that, that will actually help them when they go to school. Okay. I can do that. I don't need to force them to know every letter, you know, uppercase, lowercase, be able to add, like, no, be able to tie your shoes and cut mm-hmm. up some paper. Well, please please like, use <laughs> Velcro or slip on. Yeah. 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 I, I know the tie that. ones look cool, but yeah. just... <laughs> Just, Just don't slip on and belt. <laughs> so for any parent who is registering their kid this October, besides learning the letters in their name, mm-hmm. what else do you have for any kid? doesn't matter their age. Practicing, in. practicing independence. Um, for all the parents of little boys out there, let, uh, teach them what a urinal is. Oh. And even just like using the washroom independently. Um, working on that. <laughs> and... Yeah, a lot of it's independence, like making sure that your child can... Open their Tupperware containers. Uh, open mm. their Tupperware containers, that's right. Yeah. yeah, be able to put their snowsuit on. Oh my goodness, I yeah, can't even I'm, imagine. Not, and, <laughs> and that's something to think about when buying your snowsuit too, is can they zip the zipper by themselves? Because I'm just going to get makes... a hoodie type snowsuit. <laughs> so those one piece ones? Well, I know I did. One that was like, like, if like, you can get the... <laughs> pull a button... Do teachers help, though? Like, I remember before Absolutely. Sarah started, yeah, we were Absolutely. told, like, they don't help. They don't do anything. And then I met her kindergarten teacher, and I was like, this lady totally helps. Yeah, like, well, you would never so get out the door. So <laughs> well, yeah. I help more now than I used to. I used to really push the independence, mm-hmm. but sometimes yeah. they you just, just need help. miss recess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing. Like, yeah. they end up losing out on their time because they're stuck in this snowsuit situation <laughs> that's just not going away. <laughs> Things are tricky. Even putting them on as an adult, I'm like, oh, oh my I always goodness, despise this is ridiculous. It. Yeah, yeah. I despise putting a snowsuit on me or the yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then getting in the car, seatbelts. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason buses don't have seatbelts, right there. Snowsuits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I would think personally, I would say, yeah, anyone who's trying to make that decision that has that September to December window that they have the option, like I would just register, mm-hmm. do all the things they offer this year, get familiar with the school. And then think about it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you don't you don't have to make the decision right now. You just register now. And if you have to change your mind, you change your mind. Did you and your research come across a finalization date that we have to back out? Tell Ryan, do you know? 
Um, the first day of school? <laughs> um, I don't know. I remember a colleague telling me a story that someone they knew had registered their child and the bus pulled up in front of their house and the kid went to step on the bus and they couldn't make that step. The bus step was just too high and they're like, you know what? We'll try next year. So really, it's until we see the whites of their eyes. Okay. But no, my my only piece of advice is don't research it too much because you'll just confuse yourself. And I think the thing I took away from all of this reading was that every kid is different and to judge them based on that and to take the year from when you enroll them to see how much they mature. Can they reach that bus step? I'm going to, I don't take the bus, like my kids don't take the bus, but I'm going to make them test that. Erin has already gotten on the bus, so yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's going to kindergarten. Yeah, she's going, I guess, yeah. And the teacher will meet your child where they are. So that's helpful. That's actually extremely yeah. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's happened more and more than it used to as well. I think individualized. Yeah. It's, our experience so far with three kids has been just so much support from the school in, in thinking about those kind of things and having conversations that I don't think happened when we were kids. Oh, no, no. no. For sure. Cool. All right. Wrap her up then. Yes. Okay. That's it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Happy to come.